Good morning. My name is Tim Drink, and this morning we're going to continue the series that Rob started several weeks ago about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and just to, to recap, two weeks ago Rob talked about who the Holy Spirit is, that the Holy Spirit is God, equal with God the Father and God the Son in position. Uh, he talked about how the Holy Spirit is a he, that the Holy Spirit's a person, not an impersonal force or an it, but someone that we can relate with. Uh, last week, Rob talked about that, uh, what the Holy Spirit does, that he uh, convicts the world of its sin, God's righteousness, and the coming judgment. He is our advocate. He guides us and leads us. And so this morning, uh, I want to, in a way, put those things together and look at how it applies to our daily life and how we can be and need to be filled with God's Spirit. So when we put our faith in Christ, God gives us his Spirit. Um, It comes from Ephesians 1. And his Spirit will never leave us. Uh, John 14. No matter what we do or don't do, God's Spirit is always with us. So when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, what do we mean? Uh, In Ephesians 5.18, there's some printed Bibles in the back. Uh, We'll have it up on the front, but follow along with me. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We often or sometimes use the phrase that someone was so filled with anger that he did something. Uh, That they were so filled with joy, they looked, acted different. And, And what really we're implying is that whatever emotion that we are using, that that influenced, that has controlled that person and they're doing something that they may not normally do. And so here, where it says be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's meaning that we should be influenced by, empowered by, controlled, directed by the Holy Spirit. The, uh, the first part of the verse says, don't be drunk with wine. I think it gives that contrast because being drunk is, one, usually pretty obvious, and two, it encompasses everything that person does. When someone's drunk, they don't talk to this person and they're drunk and then they go over here and talk to someone else and they're completely normal. It's affected everything they do. And, and so it, it does that obvious contrast of this is what a person looks like when they're controlled by alcohol. And so don't do that. That ruins your life. It says and instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it, it says instead, don't do this. Instead, do this. So it implies a choice. It implies that we are needing to desire, we need to want to be filled. God doesn't have any strings attached to us and says, well, go over here and do this, and now go over here and do this. We need to want to be filled. I know that in our American culture, this idea of being controlled by something is repugnant. I'm not controlled by anything. I can, you know, I am in control of my destiny. Yet scripture is clear that we are always controlled by something. 
or someone. So it's not a question of if you are controlled by something. It's a question of who or what is controlling you. So to be filled with the Holy Spirit means that we are giving control of our lives to the Holy Spirit so that he influences us, guides, directs, empowers what we think, say, and do. Why would we want that? Well, in Romans 8, 5 and 6, it says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting, the sin, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So why do I want the Holy Spirit to fill and control me? Well, according to this verse that uh, Paul, the author, wrote to believers, is I want this life and peace. I don't want the opposite, death. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. In our culture, if someone says, I want more joy in my life, I want to be more patient, the typical response is to find your nearest bookstore, to find the self-help section in, the, in there, and find the book that covers the section that, or the thing that you wanted to have more of. You need to do it yourself. And here... This verse says, the Holy Spirit produces those things. And I think the term fruit, obviously, is a good term because fruit is something that takes time. It's something that needs to be cultivated and developed. Fruit, you don't plant an apple seed in the ground and come out the next day expecting a tree and apples on it. You, you expect it to take time. And so these things that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives is something that, one, that takes time, but it's something that he does. So if he is going to produce these things in my life, how do I get that? Well, I need him to be influencing me. I need him to be empowering me to do that. So if I want more joy, I don't focus on, okay, how do I get more joy? Well, I need to focus on how do I let the Holy Spirit fill and control me? Benjamin Franklin wrote about wanting to develop 13 virtues frugality, uh, sincerity, uh, working hard. And he wrote about his effort to do and, and to perfect these 13 virtues. And, when, and he, as he's writing about, you know, w- working on being frugal, that he said, well, as soon as I went to the next virtue, I w- would look back and, and I saw that I was no longer that previous virtue I'd worked on. And so that month that I had taken, I, I don't see the result of it anymore because I'm now focused on this other thing and I'm, I'm not that anymore. And it's a very telling observation that while he could be one of those virtues as when he focused on it, when he really was striving hard to develop that, but as soon as he took his mind off or a focus off of that one thing, he was no longer uh, able or demonstrated that virtue, to the, at least to the place where he thought he should be. And so here... In Galatians 5, Paul's writing that the Holy Spirit does these things. So why do I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why do I want to be influenced, empowered, directed by? It's because I want these things in my life. 
I don't, uh, just previously in the passage, Paul gives this whole list of things that says, well, if you, let your, if you let your sinful nature control you, these are the things you experience. Well, I don't want those things. I want what the Holy Spirit has for me. So if being filled with God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is to be empowered, directed, controlled by the Holy Spirit, and I want those things, and I want to be filled because I want all these good things in my life, why are some believers not filled with his spirit. Well, I think one reason is because people aren't aware that they can be. That when we have, when we uh, uh, put our trust in Jesus, when we believe and accept in his name, he gives us his spirit. And I think sometimes we miss that and people don't understand that that's available. Um, I think there are times when people have some misconception about who God is. Uh, well, if I put my trust in God, he's some sort of cosmic killjoy, and he's going to send me to some land, some country that I don't want to go to, and that's just horrible. I'm not going to trust God then. And I think that really comes down to, okay, well, let's change your understanding. Let's change your belief about who God is. And I think one other reason would be sometimes people don't think that God will fill or control them. I've done something, or I'm this way, and God's just not going to do that for me. How then are we filled with God's Spirit? To be filled, first, we need to confess and repent of sin. Sin disrupts our experience of our relationship with God. It disrupts our fellowship with God. It doesn't disrupt our relationship with God, but it disrupts our experience of it. So, We need to confess, repent. Repent means to simply turn away from uh, sin and move in a different direction. So we need to do that first. We need to agree with God that this sin that we've done is wrong and we want to go his way. The second part to be filled is to want to give the control of our lives to him. We trust that he will empower and direct us. So it's a, uh, it's a want. I'm going to want to go this way. I'm not, God's not going to force me to do it, but I need to let him do it. And that can be expressed in something as simple as a prayer of, Lord, I want, I need you to control me. I need you to empower me. There's no mystical phrase. There's no magical incantation. It's a simple prayer, a communication with God that says, I want to be filled. How then, if being filled with God's Spirit is to be empowered, controlled, directed, influenced by the Holy Spirit, and I want that because I want all those good things in my life, and if I can do that by confessing my sin and asking him to the Holy Spirit, to fill and control me, how then do I know that I am filled and controlled? Well, 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, and we're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Now, Ephesians 5, 18 says that we are to be filled. It's a command. 
So obviously, if God is commanding something, it's in his will. It's something that pleases him. According to this verse, this passage, that if we're asking something that he's commanded, something that pleases him, then we know that he will do it. He will give us what we ask for. So he gives us a promise that we will be filled, that we are filled with his spirit. So it is by faith, it is by trusting in God and his word that I can know that I am filled. Now, trust is really our actions following our belief. If I were, if I were here without a car and I called home and talked to my wife, Naomi, and said, uh, honey, would you come get me? And she said, sure, I'll be there in 15 minutes. Now, if I'm trusting her to do as she says, then in about 15 minutes or so, I'll go wait out in the front and, and wait for her. If I don't trust her, I'm gonna, after I hang up with her, or maybe I never call her, I'd call someone else. Hey, Ken, would you come get me? Obviously, that might create some problems when Naomi shows up and then Ken's there too. And, but the trust is my actions following my belief. If, if I'm acting differently than what my stated belief is, then I need to really look at what my belief is, what I'm actually believing, not just what I can tell people and not just what I want to say that I believe, but what I'm actually believing. So if we are trusting in God and his word, then I can know that I am filled with God's spirit because he says when I ask According to his will, when I ask something that pleases him, he will do it. There have been some occasions where I have felt different. I felt um, a sensation, a presence of the Holy Spirit that I don't normally feel. And, and I know that, okay, this is the Holy Spirit moving and doing something. But most of the time, I don't feel any different that after I say, okay, Lord, I need, I want you to control and empower me. No lightning, no magical thunder, but it's by faith that I know I am filled. Just as by faith I know that I am right before God when I believe and accept in his name. It is by faith, trusting in God and his word, that I know I have eternal life right here and now. Let me give you an example. This is just an illustration. And it does break down. You can't pick it apart. But the point that I want to get across is there. What I have here is I've got oil and some colored water. The oil represents a believer's life. That red colored water represents the Holy Spirit's presence in the believer's life except for maybe a little bit in between, that red is not affecting, is not changing the rest of the contents. So when we believe and accept, God gives us a spirit. When I choose to trust in and have the Holy Spirit fill and control me would be similar to shaking that jar. Now I've got red that's affected the entire contents. Now, there's no difference between this 
jar that I haven't shaken and this jar that I just did. I didn't add, I didn't take away, but yet this has been affected and is read throughout the entire thing. If as we wait, or as it wait long enough, that red settles out. And it once again will look like this. That represents those times when I sin, when I give the control of my life to my sinful nature or something other than the Holy Spirit. No longer when I am in control, when my sinful nature is in control, does the Holy Spirit influence me in the same way. He hasn't left me. He's not, I don't need to ask him, uh, be here with me, because he's never left me. But my experience of him is vastly different. So what happens? What do we do when we sin? If I've given the control of my life to the Holy Spirit, and I said, okay, I need you to, to control and influence me, but then I sin, I, I get angry, and I, I do something that uh, I shouldn't. What, what happens then? Well, I think being filled with the Spirit is not a once and for all. It's not something that I say once and I'm, I'm done. Rather, it's a process that happens as often as I need it to. A good analogy is uh, spiritual breathing, or what's called spiritual breathing. When you walked in this door, none of you thought, I'm going to take one big breath and I'm good for the hour. And I'm, when I walk out, I'll breathe again. <clears throat> um, so, and I'm glad you didn't do that. And so it is with spiritual breathing. We go through this process, spiritual breathing, as often as necessary. So what is spiritual breathing? Well, we exhale carbon dioxide and we inhale oxygen. Well, when we spiritually breathe, we exhale, and con- which is confessing and repenting of our sin. We get rid of, we deal with that sin that gets in the way of our experience of our relationship with God. Inhaling is asking the Lord, asking God to fill and control me again. How often do I need to do that? Whenever I sin. Whether that's five times a day, 50 or 100 or some other number. But there can be many times that I am filled with the Spirit after I've taken the control away from Him. So just as with this jar that as I've let it sit here, it's starting to settle out again, but if I shake it again, it's red. And so it is that when we do this, we deal, we're allowed, we immediately deal with the sin, whatever that might be, and we give the control back to his spirit. And as we do that, we will see God produce, the Holy Spirit produce that fruit in our life. And there's people that I highly respect that I see do this, not that they don't sin, but they are able to deal with their sin immediately and don't let that sin uh, take hold or infect uh, their life. And they're able then to consistently let the Holy Spirit fill and control them. And I see their lives very different and what characterizes their life than those that 
are obviously trying to you know, find the right self-help book and develop whatever virtue, whatever good thing that they want. It is an ongoing process. Being filled with God's Spirit is to be influenced, empowered, controlled, directed by Him. Scripture says we want that because we want these good things that the Holy Spirit produces, that the Holy Spirit brings in our life. We can do that because we're able to do this process of spiritual breathing. Confess, repent of sin, and ask the Lord, ask God to fill and control us. And we know then that he is empowering us by faith in him, in God, and his word. And as that becomes a daily practice, we see God develop the character of Christ in us. So being filled is not getting more is not asking the Holy Spirit to be with me. God, be with me because I'm up here speaking. It's, Lord, let me give, I want, let me give you the control of my life. And I think sometimes we, we confuse that. Okay, I need, I need to get more. I need to have some sort of feeling. I need to... Uh, I don't have enough. I need something else. And scripture is clear that we have God's spirit and we need to incorporate that into our life. So that becomes the key of this daily practice of spiritual breathing. Um, It's something that I've seen in my own life make a difference in how I respond and how I uh, uh, interact and deal with Uh, the good and the bad. As the band uh, comes up and plays, I would encourage you to think about how this would impact your life, how this would make a difference if you are letting the Holy Spirit to influence, direct, empower you or even though he may be present in your life of if you're trying to do it on your own. And I think that makes the difference of letting him control you and letting him empower you. That is where we will see God produce those things in our life.